position. Affirmative. Negative. I am the milkman. My milk is delicious. Roger that. Okay, let's go. Welcome to the Best Linux Games Podcast. Go, go, go! The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam, brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, the Steam has come to Linux, and beyond that, it has come to Linux in the form of the egalitarian Linux-like platform, Steam, an open marketplace in which everyone, total meritocracy, everyone, regardless of size, amount of money, regardless of amount of developers, and prospective sales, if you have a game, and it is good, then get time and it will be my That's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's Saturday, and that means it's time for one thing. It's time for the podcast where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name. Find us on Steam, you know, uh, join us on Steam, and friend me on Steam. My name is Scooky Sprite. I am your host. In case this is your first time here, uh, the ground rules for everything that we do are very simple. We have news, we have the latest titles that we are interested in, of course, features, you know, like kind of in-depth looks or reviews, and then we have, of course, everyone's favorite, the deals, uh, the best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of It must run on Linux, and it must be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead may not be appropriate for members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the Linux gaming on, bitches! Hello and welcome to episode number 406 of the Best Linux Games Podcast. Being recorded for you on this Sunday, the 7th of August, 2022 at uh, 1337, uh, 1.37 p.m. Left coast, coast with the most, Pacific time. Crack engineer Ivor Molina over there in the booth. Hi, Ivor. Holding up the whiskey sign. And man, I need it today. Mmm. Mmm. Oh, that was... That was absolutely essential! Ah. For the, uh, podcasting, broadcastering, uh, interwebs experience show thing that... Ivor, you're fired. You should have written a better introduction. You're fired. Sorry, Ivor just made me dry right there. So, he's he's gone. He's toast. Hit the brick ship bird. Um, we have a short story... We have a short show for you this week, which, as ever, means that we will be here till Christmas. Oh, we got the fucking case, won't we, Ivor? Hopefully, we'll be out of here in under 45 minutes. We have a, 
a big review for you this week, and actually a big show, but I, I have to keep it short. Um, so straight to our top stories. First off, on the Steam store, uh, they are having what they build as Steam Survival Fest running from August 1st to August 8th. I have to tell you, this is the single worst quote-unquote sale or festival or any anything that they've ever done, I think. There, almost nothing is on sale. Uh, the games that they, they feature are, you know, maybe, maybe the Steam Store's algorithm has finally gone rogue. I finally managed to scramble it because I fucking play everything at all times, you know, because it it's part of the show on my... So it's like, it has no idea. M maybe it's maybe it's a me thing. Maybe it's just a Steam... Steam store needs to fucking have less festivals, sales, and events that suck and focus on like making, you know, bigger ones like this Steam Summer Sale, which everyone always looks forward to, and this year was pretty good. Um even better. I don't know how much power they have to actually do that, but I definitely know that they do not have the self-control to do it at this point, because yeah, the survival festival sale thing or whatever is I mean, it's lame. It is fucking outrageously lame. Uh, but in spite of that, we do have a great deal for you this week, and so we'll get to that first, and then we'll get to our new and noteworthy. We have a new and noteworthy, a big new and noteworthy for you, and then we'll get to our feature, which is a review. A review of Stray. So, uh, the deals, though, uh, is a our, our deal this week is a game that we reviewed, but grudgingly had to say we could not give it our highest honor, the worth full price, all price, any price, every day, any day, any year, all years award. That's kind of a wordy title, isn't it? But, um... The only reason that we couldn't give it that award was the price. Well, right now, Death Run TV, which is one of the most fun games that you're going to play this year. I, I'm serious. Like, I play, like, I think 10 hours of it. Now, I still keep going back. And I, we, when, when we reviewed it, we reviewed, it was our first, one of our first games that we reviewed under the... Um, the headline, the 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 subcategory of subcategory of uh, not ready for review, meaning games that we would never ever revisit, but hadn't met our own criteria for actually doing a real review, but we're couching them as real reviews anyway. So it's like you know the best of both worlds. It's a semantic difference, but it makes a world of it, it's a semantic. Is a semantic splicing, but it makes a world of difference uh, in the end. Anyway, Death Run TV. The Running Man Smash TV futuristic, dystopian, hyper-violent, uh, demi-three-quarters isometric uh, top-down perspective, procedurally generated uh, live stream blood sport of a dystopian future blah 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 fight for cash and prizes and win fans and friends and likes death run tv is half off through august 12th that makes it seven dollars and 49 cents now if they sold this game at this price if they debuted this game at this price i would feel bad for 
buying it at like just under eight dollars because the game is worth like exactly fifteen dollars that means that at seven dollars and 49 cents this is like the one of the best deals that we've had on this show in weeks if not months you will find so much if you like the genre you will find so much that you love in death run tv and it, and it is an incredible value at $7.49. So that's now through August 12th. Um, that brings us to our new and noteworthy. Ivor based them with it. I told you, we're, we're trucking this week. I was a North American fall when worm in my former life. Here are the newest and most noteworthy titles from this week. So one of uh, our favorite games uh, that we reviewed uh, a couple years ago has come out with a heavily anticipated sequel, which currently is being lauded by, at least by critics and game the gaming public much, much more significantly than its uh, predecessor was Hard West 2. That's right, it's even harder, baby. For those, for you, for you, Mr. Jones, for the uninitiated, yes, we will use our words for the rest of this feature. Um, for the uninitiated, Hard West is a um, turn based, semi realistic, semi dark fantasy of uh, you know uh, 19th century American West meets devil worshipping cults um, meets gamblers gunslingers and etc in a story driven uh, trashy opera of three quarter uh, pseudo three quarter top down perspective uh, turn based detailed gunplay with action points and an action point system that is reminiscent of the original VAT system from Fallout 2. Meaning and there's like, you know you can control multiple different characters and each character as you unlock them unlocks a whole new way to play the game. I mean, literally, a whole new way. It's a whole new story. It's a whole new campaign every time you unlock a new character. All this combined with uh, strong role-playing game elements, like, you know, you can upgrade individual aspects of uh, your character's ability to, you know, handle weapons and deal death in an efficient manner. Um, All with fantastic graphics, amazing sound, great voiceovers, a a really dark, always really dark story. Um, that was what made hard, the first Hard West one of my favorite games of that year. Uh, it's also an independent, independently developed game. Hard West Two, which I I did buy, but I've only been able to just boot it up and you know block. I've been very very fucking busy this week, and I only had enough money to buy it like two days ago. So. I just checked to see if it ran. It runs. Um, Hardways 2 promises to be more of the same. The devil-worshipping, dynamite-throwing, fan-firing, six guns, seven barrels of guns. 
in one hand? You think it's impossible, but nay, it is a reality. All this and much more in Hard West 2. Um, and Hard West 2 right now is 10% off, but it's like 27 bucks. It just came out this week. Go pick it up. You will love it. And, I mean, you will love it. If you haven't played the first game, though, I, I mean, I haven't really played Hard West 2 yet, but uh, I would recommend p- playing Hard West 1 first. Uh, but there's also a Hard West 2 demo, but I can't seem to find... Ivor, your phone... Oh, no, there it is. Ah, cool. They, uh, ah, yes. They restructured their, their st- store page a couple days ago after the release, but no, there's a free demo that you can try of Hard West 2. It will give you a sense of the uh, magnificent magnificent, authentic uh, what do you call it? Count- not counterfactual, but fantasy infused uh, Old West of lust, sin, greed, murder etc, etc, etc and it's turgid morality play of strife, hardship where hearts are broken and the good guy where where uh, hearts are broken and the bad guys win you're gonna love it it's like the Sweeney Todd of uh, the VAT system style of p- small party based uh, turn based role playing episodic role playing game shooters like there's no exploration it basically gives you a narrative sequence and then presents you with the overall level and then that's how you start and then after that you get to equip different stuff in between and upgrade your shit in between but it, the whole game is so beautiful you'll see what I mean give the demo a try that's Hard West 2 that brings us to our review this week I were based him with it we are Oh, Kitla! Kitla is there! Kitla predicts! Ma, miracle acrylic, acrylic dough makes it possible! All one! Dilute! Dilute! Using Chinese scene burying ritual! Dilute! Dilute! All one or all none! Okay! Get it going now! Let's rock! Kitla is there! In the year 2525, if mankind can survive, if woman is still alive, they will find. A new and noteworthy. I mean, uh, sorry, a review. I man, I stepped on that. Kitla, have you seen him? In accordance with the laws and regulations regarding the internet within your local jurisdiction, Best Linux Games Podcast now presents you with a dose of clap. Just kidding, motherfuckers. It's review time. World War Two. The Japanese assemble the mightiest fleet of ships ever imaginable, including one battle Cuba-based battlecruiser, the size of which has never been seen before on the high seas, intent on crushing the Allied forces at Midway. However, this act of hubris is punished by the Allies who rally together an air force comparable to any ever seen in the Pacific Theater, destroying the massive potato ship. Its name? The Yamamoto. Why did we do that? Because I could, motherfuckers. I could. 
and that's why we just did that. So our review this week is our complete review of the magnificent cat and robot adventure game Stray. So if you've not heard of Stray, it's a very it, it, it's a very simple adventure game with an really unique twist. Game is a third person gorgeously animated, incredibly incredibly detailed uh world. It's not necessarily it's it feels like an open world, but it's really, you know, it's it's an adventure game, but it's not a point and clicker and it's not necessarily like a straight up inventory based adventure game. It's like an adventure game in a hybridization of all of those things. So anyway, in Stray Straight takes place in the distant future. Um, it's a post-human world. You play a cat that I personally named Cat. You don't get to name the cat, but you do because eventually in your head, the player will want to name their cat. It's just f- basic human logic. It's, it's, a, it's you know it's it's a it's an it's an innate compulsion for human for human beings. So I named my cat Cat. Cat gets separated from his pack uh, in a green and leafy kind of you know surface world where with like sky and stuff. Um, they're like exploring like kind of like these um, uh, drainage reservoirs and uh, uh, flood retention dam kind of uh, stuff and you get separated from everyone else and go through a door from which there is no return and discover an entire civilization that is underground and is comprised entirely of robots so you're a cat and there's no more humans and the robots live underground okay are you following me so the things that make and your goal of course is to you know rejoin your pack but along the way as you as you work towards that goal you will meet a myriad of uh unbelievably fascinating well drawn I mean like not in like the like visual drawn I mean the, the, everything about Stray is gorgeous trust me everything about it is gorgeous it's gorgeous and mesmerizing it's mesmerizing because it's gorgeous it's gorgeous because it's mesmerizing it's, you know everything about Stray is like so deliberate and of such high quality in general that uh it's difficult not to be just completely overwhelmed by um, not just the visual poetry, but the actual uh, it's a story that can't be told in any other medium it's it's fantastic so anyway it's a beautifully detailed world, and when I say detailed world, I mean like This world underground, locked away, sealed away from the from the surface, with these. I'm trying not to ruin anything, because ev- eventually, what you'll find is that every character that you talk to in Stray, whether they have something 
that they that you know like a side quest something that they want you to do or something you know to tell you or an item to give you or uh, a clue to give you doesn't matter you are always interested uh, after the first hour you're always interested in everything that these beautiful I, I keep using the word poetic but the, the, these beautiful yeah, these beautiful robots with their sad kind of arcane um, simulacrum of of what it means to be human behaviors and and uh thought processes and histories and their own stories and their own dreams and goals and secrets and problems and sufferings and trials and travails and uh, challenges and um, and histories and uh, the whole, you know, it's like the whole human I always, okay, so look, I'm, I'm going to take a moment and I, I just have to say this one of the reasons why I got so obsessed with rigging and animation, and especially IK, especially Advanced Inverse Kinematics, um, you know, starting about 10 years ago, was I grew up obsessed with puppets, marionettes in particular, because I found that with puppets, once you got good at a marionette, and if it was a decently made marionette, nothing expensive, nothing fancy, you could make one yourself, and we, I did many times, several times at least. Um, but if you got a good marionette, you could make it do things and say things in pantomime that you could never do or say at a party. And I, I had a natural talent for with a marionette. Um, I, I really did. It, it just came so naturally to me. Uh, and there's a weird thing about marionettes. It's the same same weird thing as satire and parody. Sometimes the truth of something, no matter how obvious that truth is, our minds are somehow impervious to really grasping or being capable of grasping, of letting that full truth in when it's presented in a realistic way, in, in like a journalistic, realistic way. Um, however, the, uh, the weird thing is, when presented as in a simul, you know, like a simulacrum, as, when presented as a parody, when presented as a farce, those truths, I think because they're not so absolutely inconceivable, yet true they're now made funny and so the fact that they're funny is like the spoonful of sugar that lets the actual um that that lets it actually penetrate you know your mind so that you can be laughing at uh, Harold Lloyd, Harold Lloyd, or Buster Keaton, or uh, 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 Laurel and Hardy, or uh, even the Three Stooges. But I mean, I'm talking about more like pantomime, pantomime. I'm talking about puppetry, because a lot of times the pathos that I get, and also you know that I that I, that I receive from great puppet performances, and also what you know, like you know, 
ideally is some of the, my best moments with a marionette when I when I evoke these feelings from my audience. And also the same thing is true for inverse kinematics, rigging and animation in 3D games. Um, a lot of times the pathos is more pure than if it were actually a human actor depicting... Like, when a puppet is sad, it's really sad. Uh, and when it's... When, and it can be funny and sad at the same time. And and it can it can be more profound in that way. If I'm making any sense whatsoever, that's a miracle, because I don't think that any of that really made much sense on a rational level, but it's true. At least, I think it's true. So, one of the reasons why the movie Wally plant um was like an earth shattering movie for me for reals oh my god that movie changed my life and it's changed the life of everyone who's ever seen it including fucking three different girlfriends that I took to see it in the theater um and that movie's a panty dropper uh for those of you who uh are heterosexual heterosexual males such as myself um, you take a girl see Wally, you're getting laid. Uh, it's, <laughs> but it's this, it's this robot. It's this robot. It's this, it's this robot that's, is this poor and capable robot and everything's always breaking on him and he's got like, everything is all fucked up. It's a world that he only understands through a limited perspective and you can see the world through his perspective while you see it through your perspective. And so that that makes it so much more impactful. And again, I'm going to use the word poetry for the 50th time this goddamn episode. That's what makes, you know, animation in anything and poetry uh, so effective and such a time-honored art. Even if you just have little stick figures. Even if you just have popsicle sticks with faces on them. Or sock puppets. You, you, you can tell a story. A simple story. Even just in pantomime. And the expressiveness. Because it's not you trying to express it. It's you trying to project that expression. Onto the model. Onto the marionette. Onto... Um, your massively uh, articulate and perfectly rigged inverse kinematic uh, 3D humanoid model or fuzzball or whatever. You can project things from yourself that are deeper than you could ever project. It's like... It's almost like having... um, It's very similar to a movie. It's very much like a real projector, but you're projecting what you want to say onto this thing that's going to be this poor, humble intermediary. And this is a time-honored thing throughout all of theatrics from, even just from the oral tradition, going back to the ancient Greeks and Romans. Even before that, the first stories ever told with Ugg and Ook, before they could, before they figured out how to use char to make fucking cave paintings, they pantomime things. Ah, ah, ah! You know, that's <laughs> them telling about this hunt that they had. And then they jump around and they fall into the fire and then they have dinner because Oog now fire. But, um, 
when used correctly in video games, as it is done so masterfully in Stray, you get something really, really profound. And Stray does it using a twist that is so unique because you're a cat. You're a biologic cat. You're a house cat. You're, oh, you have no attacks. Your main fucking thing that you can do is run around and jump and meow. There are other, many other things that you can do and eventually you make friends who can, who will, uh, give you better abilities and stuff, but you can't read the robot language. You can't understand the robots until you get a friend who can translate them for you, which is one gripe I have with the game because that doesn't make any sense because cats don't, I don't know, but that, that's, that's nitpicking a little too much. So you're a cat talking to these robots that have evolved over I don't want to I don't want to ruin too much they've become truly post-human, they've become self-aware they have their own culture and they revere the humans who are gone and they behave accordingly and they're trapped in this in this subterranean world and uh, you're trapped with them and so it's like it's 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 like you're exploring another culture. But unlike so many other games where you don't really fucking care what any NPC has to say to you, you really care what every NPC has to say to you almost. I mean you you read everything. And the thing is the NPC because these robots they are just so um they are profound and beautiful and uh completely evocative of the human condition in a in um you know what what, what crude creature is this slouching towards bethlehem to be born kind of way and they have their own music and they have their own art and they are endlessly fascinated and not bothered by you. They've never seen a cat before. And then there are the enemies. But we don't even need to talk about the enemies, the Zerks. So yeah, so visually the story, the characters, the environments. Uh, and most of all, for me, one of the things is like most impressive. The fucking rigging and mocap and animation. The number, sheer number of animation cycles and the smoothness of the blend trees for everything that the cat can do. And you can do lots of things that will surprise you. None of them are particularly useful. Some of them are useful in some situations. But, you know, a lot of these are context dependent. And it's great, though. And you, it's enchanting. It's magical to be a cat. And I hate cats. So the rigging and the mocap, they had to have spent, there were cats, literally, I'm not kidding, in the credits, they used like fucking 30 different cats uh, to get all the mocap that they needed, the motion capture stuff that they needed uh, to map in, into the, but the rigging is phenomenal. The the Your cat looks and feels like a, fuck, moves like a real cat. It's a, it's really it's something to behold. And the environments are so interesting because you're wondering what the fuck is going on. So there's this giant mystery and there's also um, a mild undercurrent of 
terror, as with all mystery. And there, there are some sequences that I did find not nothing like jump scary, terrifying, but as ever, when you don't have a way to fight back, and like the only thing you can do is run, it's it it bothers me in a game, but everyone else loves it, and I loved it too. And it's not like super intense. It's a game that's absolutely appropriate for all ages. Um, but all of these things combined into this perfect perfume that is it's captivating and enchanting. Let's say captivating, let's say enchanting poetry and uh, inverse kinematics at least 50 more times in this episode. So, um, all of that combines also with a super original premise because like you're you're a cat like you can't talk <laughs> you know what I mean you can show objects to other characters but you can't talk to them um, even when you have your friend who's an intermediary that will translate you know robot world stuff and dialogue and speak it back to you I don't know how that works but it's you know whatever like I said it's nitpicky B12 is awesome he's also awesome all these things draw you in and the mystery is enough to hold your attention and then the characters that you meet and as you understand what's what's going on, not even in the story but with them and like this whole society and stuff, it all becomes it all like it it, 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 it it coalesces into this into this story that could never be told in any other medium and that, that's always a sign of a, a, of at least a daring video game. Uh, and so, and all the exploration, it doesn't feel tedious. I mean, sometimes it can feel a little tedious, but it, it's, the environments are so detailed and there's, you get so good at knowing where you are and stuff and you never really feel lost, even though there is no map. Um, holding combined and it ensnares you it's this this enchanting adventure experience that's absolutely worth it but before we get to our final verdict the game is short um i beat it in uh nine and a half hours most people are much faster than i am um the average uh time to completion i think is something like five or six hours i'm slow um but one of the things that I love so much about Stray is that the puzzles, you know, like, if you know one thing about me, if you've been listening to the show at all, you know one thing about me, and that's that I hate fucking puzzles. And I do not cover puzzle games. The puzzles in Stray are so interwoven with the environment or with what you're doing that you don't even notice 90% of the time that it's even any sort of puzzle. It's just like you're just doing your shit. And that's great. It means the puzzles for most people who want to find like a seriously challenging adventure puzzle game, like a real inventory based adventure puzzle game, they will probably be disappointed by the difficulty of the puzzles. But I hate puzzles. And these were 90% of the time, they didn't make me feel like I was playing a puzzle. I was just, you know, kind of solving the problem to get to the next thing or get the thing I wanted. And that, my friends, is magic. When you convince me that I'm not in a puzzle-based, you know, adventure action platformer, but 
I'm just a fucking cat in this robot world. You know, it's <laughs> fucking awesome. That's amazing. That's an achievement. Um, I did get stuck about three or four times, especially uh, towards the end, and I did cheat. I did look up game facts, and I did find the solutions that I need. I got stuck once about three hours, uh, about two and a half hours in, three hours in, um, and I did have to look up how to make that thing happen, but, um, and then way later on in the game, there were two things that I, I I had to look up, but it's not bad at all, and, you know, if you have to do it that way, then you have to do it that way, and, you know, I'm like, at that point, I was so in love with the game that I didn't want to become frustrated or whatever with what at that point seemed to be minor, almost immaterial, um, not not even flaws, but just things that I wasn't figuring out fast enough. You know what I mean? Um, and it took me about nine and a half hours to beat. And the, so, yeah, so it's one thing to have like the puzzles interwoven, you know, perfectly where you don't even know notice that they're puzzles. But even better, it's really a triumph anytime a game with a lot of NPCs makes everything so interesting and so compelling and so fascinating, funny, poignant, and um, puppet poetry. You know, permeated with poetic pathos and <laughs> puce with <laughs> purity. I don't know, puce with purity. Puce with purity and putrescence. <laughs> uh, you are interested in everything that every character that you can meet will say to you, and every character, all these robot people, they're robots. But, but they, they all, oh, they're, they're just fascinating. If you like technology at all, you will love it. It is a cyberpunk dystopian robot cat adventure game. Um, and that's a major thing when you're interested in what the dialogue for almost every fucking thing that you meet and you want to talk to them and find out, you know, more. Who are you? What are you doing? How are you going to react to me? It's, that's that's always that's always a sign of fucking phenomenal game design. Last thing I'll say before I give you my final verdict is, unfortunately, Stray does have limited replayability. So our final verdict: we are going against type here. Stray earns for my money. Stray is thirty bucks for my money. Stray is worth thirty bucks any day. It's our highest honor that we can award any game on the Best Links Games Podcast. Stray absolutely wins our highest award, the worth full price, any price, all prices, any day, any week, any year, with or without sale. 30 bucks. It's a bargain, almost. Even though it is short. It, you, the game will move you, it will excite you, and it offers a unique vision story, play mechanics, and um, an adventure that that's enti- it's, it's entirely unique, and I think you will be 
greatly pleased by it. So that's our episode for this week. Cheers. Thanks for listening. I will be back next week. Uh, catch you later. Bam! 40 minutes, bitches! The Yam Amoto. There is no Windows version of weaponized chess. Boy, is it fucking ponderous, man. Ponderous, fucking ponderous. It only runs on Linux. It's not a problem. You alienated part of America. I alienated crazy people. I like it very much. It is I, E.B. Farm. You're becoming hysterical. I'm here. I'm there. I'm fucking everywhere. I'm the Eggman. Burn everything incriminating, including this building. Burn all the White House pets, and then yourselves. Burn yourselves first. The best Linux games podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die. Now available for the first time as an ebook on Amazon.com. To subscribe to the podcast using a Linux-based podcatcher like Podracer, or to see our YouTube gameplay videos, please visit www.bestlinuxgames.com. Also, join our Steam community group, Best Linux Games, Friends Cookie Sprite, and follow him on Twitter at VegasWriter. BLGP is also brought to you by the Radio Control Room Project. For details, please visit www.rcrproject.com or rfihc.com. Zig thanks you. For great justice.